Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 103.9 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Thursday evening, where we are set to continue our exploration into this topic that we have dubbed uh, Holy Desire, right? Since early November of 2018, I have been pursuing a response to the question, can you pray for me? And uh, out from that response, I was receiving some questions about saints. And so what I thought I could do is talk about the saints within the framework of that response to the question of, can you pray for me? Now, my response was broken up into nine keys, and so what we then have been doing is parachuting in these saints that have been fitting these nine keys. So for this evening, I really do feel privileged to be able to talk about the Venerable Cardinal Francis Nguyen Van Juan, a Vietnamese cardinal who was elevated to Venerable in 2017 by Pope Francis. And I suppose, uh, before we get into our principal subject matter tonight, in emphasizing the fact that he is Venerable and not yet canonized, we should probably speak to the canonization process. right? And this, my friends is a five-step process, okay? First, when looking through the the canonization process, you have the person's local bishop investigating the life of the individual, and how does he investigate the life? But by gathering information from witnesses of their life and, and any writings that may have been written by the individual who is being investigated. Now, if the bishop finds them to be worthy of being a saint, then he submits the information that he gathered to the Vatican's Congregation for the Causes of Saints. So there in Rome, in in the Vatican, there is a household called the Congregation for the Causes of Saints, and this congregation spend their days examining these causes. Now, second, the Congregation for the Causes of Saints can choose to reject the application or accept it and begin their own investigation of the person's life. Now, in this second step, if the application is accepted, the person may be called servant of God. Okay, now, the third step, if the Congregation for the Causes of Saints approves of the candidate, they can choose to declare that the person lived a life of what is called heroic virtue. Okay, this isn't a declaration necessarily Uh, necessarily that the person is a saint per se, but simply that the person pursued holiness while here on earth. If this is indeed found to be the case, the person then may be called venerable. Now, the fourth step ultimately speaks to the movement towards beatification. Uh, To be recognized, my friends, as someone who was in heaven and union with God, with intercessory power, requires that a miracle has taken place through the intercession of that person. And this miracle is usually a healing, 
Now, the healing has to be instantaneous. The healing has to be permanent and complete while also being scientifically unexplainable. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we have over 11,000 saints in the Catholic Church, and I know maybe some of us are maybe tilting our head a little bit. Well, I'm not sure if I'm all in on this, Joe. Go to the lives of the saints. Uh, if you are a skeptic or, or an atheist, <laughs> do your homework on some of these saints and examine the kinds of miracles that were taking place to elevate the, the person of holiness, the servant of God, or, or the venerable. And what you will see is what I came to see and appreciate, that ultimately these men and women of heroic virtue have power in the heavenly Jerusalem. And, and we talked about that power, right? as it is spoken to us in the book of Revelation, that they are sending down prayers there in the throne room of grace. Okay, so miracles have to first be verified as scientifically unexplainable by a group of independent doctors. Then the person is approved by a panel of theologians, and then the final approval lies with the Pope. If this is the case, a person is declared as blessed. All right, fifth, as far as the, the full process to becoming a saint, a second miracle is needed in order to declare someone a saint. So the confirmation of a second miracle goes through really the same scrutiny as the first. A group of independent doctors, the person being approved by a panel of theologians, and, and ultimately the final approval lying with the Pope. Once that scrutiny determines the miraculous nature of their miracle, then a date is set, which typically, my friends, highlights some important date to the life of the saint, and then he or she is canonized. All right, all that being said, let us engage the venerable Van Juan and his beautiful life with a mind's eye towards what we talked about in our treatment of the sixth key of praying with specifics, this key of being intentional in our intercessory prayer, while always be mindful of the prayer, thy will be done. Huh? So Cardinal Van Juan, the nephew of an assassinated president, a prisoner to the communist regime in Vietnam, the priest and bishop, archbishop of the Catholic Church. At the time of his death, my friends, he was Cardinal Francis Xavier Nguyen Van Juan, beloved by millions inside and outside of his home country of Vietnam for his heroic witness to the virtue of hope. And he, again, is currently recognized as Venerable Cardinal Van Juan. Uh, to read the life of Cardinal Van Juan, at least personally, was to fight back tears. Few stories have I read have I been so moved. Now, born in Vietnam in 1928, young uh, Nguyen Van Juan entered the seminary at the age of 13 and was ordained 12 years later on June 11, 1953. Father Van Juan would quickly rise in popularity, his gentleness, his, his kindness, and become a bishop in the Diocese of Nha in 1967. Eight years later, in 1975, he would be appointed Archbishop of Saigon, just two days before Saigon fell to North Vietnam. Soon thereafter, on August 15, 1975, Archbishop Van Juan was arrested by the authorities and imprisoned for 13 years. Nine of those years, my friends, 
in solitary confinement. From the darkness of his prison cell in Hanoi, North Vietnam, on November 21st, then 1988, again 13 years later, really, my friends, emerged the heart of a saintly man, a man whose heart was purged in the most dire of circumstances. November 21st, 1988, Archbishop Van Juan was set free. In the first weeks and days in prison, Archbishop Van Juan was was struggling to come to grips with the misfortunes that beset him, or, or at least as he saw them initially. On one particular night, as Van Juan was seeking the Lord's counsel, he heard with the ears of his heart, as he had written it down, Do you not know if I wanted you to do something that I would make it happen? If I wanted your plans to come to fruition, then they would. I have called you here for myself. I have a plan for you. I mean, hear those words, my friends. Hear those words. He was a man who was sent to prison. And in solitary confinement, he he records these words. So Archbishop Van Juan would begin to enter into the mystery of God's way and envision his misfortune as what was ultimately fortunate for his salvation. Now, of course, this took time. Over the course of those 13 years, his prison cells were really transformed into sanctuaries of hope. And just two months after he was sent to prison, after a seven-year-old boy by the name of Kwong... (laughs) had smuggled in paper to his prison cell. Archbishop Van Juan began to jot down passages he had memorized, up to 300 of them, and write down, transcribe reflections with those passages. Those pages, my friends, eventually became books with hope as their central theme, one titled Prayers of Hope and the other The Road to Hope. The Road to Hope, my dear friends, is a book worth reading, whatever denomination you belong to. Because as you can begin to now imagine, this is a man of great virtue, a man who testified powerfully to the virtue of hope. And do we not need hope today? Interestingly, the authorities were aware of Archbishop Van Juan's goodness, and because they feared their guards might convert them to the Catholic faith, they regularly changed the shifts of their security guards. Evidently, my friends, this did not work because... Similar to the eyewitnesses that we heard with St. Maximilian Colby, it was also said of, of Archbishop Van Juan that his encounters with the guards were leading to conversion, where in some cases, to the detail like that of St. Maximilian Colby, the prison guards could be heard singing the Save Regina. He often asked his friends to send him what he called his medicine. I love this part of his story. You know, his medicine was cough bottles filled with wine and small fragments of bread. So the beloved Archbishop was then able to celebrate Mass at 3 p.m. every day, the hour of mercy. And maybe we can, in the light of Archbishop Van Juan's story, call it the paradoxical hour of hope. So after Cardinal Van Juan was released in 1988, then Pope John Paul II appointed him as head of the Pontifical Council for Peace, elevating him to Cardinal in 2001. Cardinal Van Juan died of a rare form of cancer on September 16, 2002. My dear friends, like the saints previously discussed, Venerable Cardinal Francis Xavier Wynne Van Juan 
radiated light in a place of profound darkness, bringing souls to Christ every step of the way, being, as it were, a signpost of love interceding for everyone in his path. We invoke the intercession of Van Juan into this key of praying with specifics because remember that it was in this key that we engaged the most powerful prayer of all, Thy will be done. Among the many words of wisdom that fill the pages of Venerable Van Juan's reflections on hope stands the overarching truth that, that the virtue of hope begins when you stop tormenting yourself and begin to accept the present moment for what it is, an infinite design, a plan, a gift from God that He desires to use for your salvation, our salvation, because what is used for your salvation is also used for the salvation of others. Archbishop Van Juan knew how to pray the great four-word prayer because he first genuinely asked the very human two-word prayer, Why me? Isn't that some of what is behind those words that we already spoke to, right? That it was after him asking that question, Why me? that he responded, Do you not know if I wanted you to do something that I would make it happen? If I wanted your plans to come to fruition, then they would? I have called you here for myself. I have a plan for you. Hmm? And his plan was one that was rooted in hope. In hope. Recall in our reflections on thy will be done, we really focused on the importance of not I, but thou. Archbishop Van Juan entered into the thou, the thou, capital T, the thou that is God. You know, Archbishop Van Juan was a canonist who wanted to catechize the people of Vietnam. And among other things, he dreamed of a renewal for the Vietnamese, Vietnamese people through a deepening of the Catholic faith. So again, as you can well imagine, to be in prison for 13 years left him asking the question, why me? And as he genuinely asked, he genuinely listened, learning to pray with great affection, thy will be done. In fact, by praying the seven petitions of the Our Father, including thy will be done. Did he acquire a deep intimacy and great love for God? His prayer becoming very personal, not vague and, and abstract, but very personal. Yeah, he may have been put into solitary confinement for nine years, my friends, but was he ever really alone? No. God was always with him. What's more, in our last key, we talked about the importance of writing down Prayer requests. Imagine the poverty we would all have, especially the people of Vietnam, if the good archbishop never wrote down his inspirations. <laughs> Here, we ought to be encouraged not only to write down the names of those names that have been given to us, but also jot down thoughts that God is inspiring within us to reflect upon. This might take the form of insights to share with those who you are praying for. My dear friends, we took time out this evening to briefly talk about the venerable Cardinal Francis Xavier Nguyen Van Nguyen because of his heroic witness to hope. Venerable Cardinal Francis Xavier Nguyen Van Nguyen, pray for us, be with us, as we seek to be better stewards of those names who have been entrusted to us and ultimately help us better understand what God puts before us in our life, that by embracing thy will, ultimately we can be at the service of God.
Amen. Amen. Let us close with a word of prayer. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And God bless you.